Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. Welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your career and life forward. My guest today, Kristen Sherry, is the creator of UMAP Career Profile for teens and adults to discover their four pillars of career fit. She is also the creator of Talent Story for elementary age children to discover their gifts. We're going to talk about that because... You know, I have, I have an eight-year-old daughter and son coming up on the way. She is also an international speaker, trainer, and author of two Amazon international bestsellers, UMAP and Your Team Loves Mondays, right? You should love Mondays, right? And she's a managing partner of UMAP LLC, which certifies coaches, career services, and HR professionals as UMAP coaches and workshop facilitators. We're going to talk about all that in a little bit. She's an industry thought leader, has been featured career expert at Wharton Business Radio, Disrupt HR, and published pretty much everywhere. And her upcoming children's book, quote, You've Got Gifts, and self-development book, Maximize 365, are coming out in November, hopefully, right? Fingers crossed, everything is still. And then we have another book coming out in 2021. And we were connected through someone I deeply, deeply admire and respect, Lila Smith. I know you're tuning in, so big thank you to you. And I am thrilled to have Kristen on the show today. Kristen, Kristen. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. I'm so excited. I There's been like two podcasts that I was like, oh, I hope someday I get invited on it. And the podcast was one. Lila's you one just of made my, my day. Yeah, just made my Lila's day. one of my very best friends in the whole universe. And she speaks highly of you. And when she that's went awesome. on it, I was like, I want to do that too. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. And likewise, I've heard some fantastic things about you and UMAP as well. So we'll certainly dig into that. But before we do so, you know, I love to ask guests to kind of Fill my tribe in, you know, how did we get from where we were to where we are today, Kristen? It's interesting because I always thought I had sort of this career identity crisis, but didn't realize until later that I was being prepared for the work that I was really destined to do. So I had a very non-linear career journey starting out as a pre-med student mm. and doing neuroscience. And I didn't end up going down that path. I worked in education in an executive MBA program. Then I worked in IT, business analytics, operations, learning and development, and then an entrepreneur. And so I've worked in nonprofit, for-profit, state government, all of the online retail, all of these different industries. And I thought, what on earth am I doing? But little did I know it would prepare me for my passion, helping people find their passion. I, abs- I absolutely love it. So UMAP, tell us a little bit. I mean, listen, I, I have a very high level overview from Lila. She filled me in. But for those of us who are not aware, what is the overarching premise of UMAP? So I started volunteering, helping people in career ministry, and I fell so in love with it, I decided to start a business and do it professionally. And I was certified as a career coach back in 2007, but I really was only doing it internally in my company. But working with job seekers, I realized it affected every area of their life, their marriages, and of course, finances. It just, yeah, and our identity gets really wrapped up in our career. And so it's not going, when it's not going well, we're not going well. So 
when I started to work with people, I started to try and use the available tools on the market. And I realized I had gaps. There, This person, yeah, it ex- helped me explain this about them, but this doesn't explain what they're telling me about that. And because people are really unique. And I realized that I was trying to patch together information. So I, I took a step back and I said, what do I really know, need to know about a person to really mm-hmm. nail it, to help them figure out their next best career move? And so I started interviewing people, people who love their jobs, people who hate their jobs. And I started to form patterns. And that's how the four pillars of career fit. I knew that at the very basic units, I needed to know someone's natural ability or talent. I needed to know what was important to them, what skills they enjoyed using, and a little bit about their personality. And that's how it was born. I love it. I love it. And as a recruiter, you know, one of the pieces that I always, you know, I, I could touch on each one of those because to be a good recruiter, it's not just, you know, you know, square peg, square hole, you know, <laughs> round peg, round hole. That's a lot more to that. It's understanding someone's motivation. And when you break down what motivations are, it's personal, financial, career, and all those pieces as well. So that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And let's talk a little bit about that UMAP journey. You know, when, when you had this, like, first of all, where did the name UMAP come from? <laughs> it's really funny because... I'm, I, you know, no one ever asked me that question, so I'm glad you asked me. Hard hitting inside edition right here. This is the hard <laughs> stuff. We're coming right at you. So I knew that I was trying to help people really understand themselves at their foundation. And so I thought, well, you know, Apple already does the I this and the I that. So I thought, well, I'll go the you angle. The me sounded weird. So I started with hmm. the you, but what yeah, you Yeah, me, me map would be weird. Me map? It sounds like something my, something, sounds like, like something my 18 month old would me say. Oh, let's go. Do me the you map, map, the me map. So uh, I decided at first on this terrible name called Uprint and realized that sounds like a 3D printer you know, at home. And I was walking down my hallway thinking that Uprint doesn't work. It sounds awful. It was already registered anyway. And all of a sudden, UMAP just popped in my head out of nowhere. And I'm like, where did that come from? It, it just, it was not something that I pr- really worked for. It just popped in my head. True story. Wow, that's, that, that, that's awesome. So uh, to date, to date, let's just set the scale for everybody. Um, roughly how many coaches have been certified globally? About 70 in the seven in the Middle East. We have one in the UK, a bunch in Canada and in the US. So we're in four countries and we just started 19 months ago. I absolutely love it. Uh, let's touch on a early lesson that you learned where you had the premise for this, uh, for the concept. You laid it out, you laid out the four pillars and maybe you had a hypothesis in your head, like this was the right way to go. Was there like an early, I don't want to call it a failure, but we'll call it kind of like a learning or a misstep where you said, okay, I had a thought about this was the right approach, but you know, the market, the candidates, my clients are telling me something different and we need to adjust. With as far as creating UMAP or? Correct. Honestly, no. Ever it. since we created UMAP, and I would, I'm would i the first to admit failures, but ever since we created UMAP, because remember, I was tailoring and doing things in the, the free work with the All volunteer the work, mm-hmm. right? So once I landed on UMAP, it, it worked with a client, it worked with another client, and then I thought, well, is this going to work with other coaches? And then other coaches were calling me. Allegra Stein, who works with coaches, she coaches coaches, women specifically, um, to help them find their niche. She told me that one of her clients said that this isn't just the four pillars. That sounds outside of me. This this tool tells me who I am at my core. And it really sent me reeling back in my chair that people would feel that wow. strongly about it. So it, it has been 
I mean, it was a, a lot of trial and error leading up to that. I didn't just like wake up and be like, you map. Yeah, it wasn't just a, a dream <laughs> and you had this epiphany and you were going to roll over. So let's talk about putting the theory into practice, right? Um, so walk us through an example, if you don't mind, just kind of high level of, of, of a candidate, someone on the job market who they're confused, right? Maybe they've been doing the same thing on and off for 10 years. They've had a couple of different jobs. And we're not talking specifically about during this time of the pandemic, because we'll get to that in a little bit. But what are some of those first questions to really understand, um, we'll call motivations and what they're looking for? Well, people don't really know these things about themselves. That's what I've come to discover. So how do we get them to that point? Yeah. So when you ask people, what do, what are the top three things that people always compliment you about? That really gives you a lot of insight into your strengths. So people might say you're always so encouraging or you just, you really understand and have a lot of empathy for people. Or they might say you walk into a situation and you can immediately pinpoint what a problem is. You're so good at identifying a root of a problem. Or you can walk into any situation and communicate your feelings or the feelings of other people so eloquently. I mean, Lila Smith is a perfect example of that. Have you ever seen Lila struggle to communicate anything effectively? No, I've, I've never seen her struggle to communicate or to <laughs> shut up. Uh, <laughs> love you, Lila. And so Lila has communication in her top five. So we tend to speak our talents as well. So what are the things we always say? I always say, go big or go home because I'm a maximizer. I want to do things with excellence. And so a lot of the things we say speak to how we prefer to work. So people don't really know what their talents are because they've always been inside the jar. So they can't read the label. Right. They can't see the outside. That's a great analogy. Yeah. And also they just assume, well, everyone can do that. It's not special. It's because something comes easily to them. They don't appreciate that it's a gift. And, and you kind of hit the nail on the head on something. And, and something that I preach and something that I've been through is, is having the self-awareness to in the, in the job search, right? Because you think maybe like I am set for this. This is the only thing I want to be doing. This is what I got my mindset on, right? These are what my, my career trajectory is telling me. But sometimes you need to take a step back and outside. And as you mentioned, look outside on the label and say, what are my ingredients? What am I made of? And what other recipes should I be going into? I think that's a fantastic analogy. Yeah, a lot of times people look what's out there and they say, where can I sort of shoehorn myself in instead of starting with what am I really good at? What what do I want to get out of work? How do I want to actually spend my day? What does that day look like? And I think people just have sort of ended up in jobs. So they start looking for jobs with those experiences without realizing, are those skills I even enjoy? Is that something that burns me out? And I love doing an ideal day exercise with people to actually take the time to sit and think about what do I want my day to be to be like? Because people don't really know. Let's break that down. An ideal day exercise, because that's a new concept to me. Um, and I kind of get that turned on me when I'm when I'm talking to candidates and they say, what does the day to day look like of a particular mm -hmm. position? So how does that spin the other way when you're helping candidates break down their 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 self-awareness and understanding their strengths and what they're looking for? Well, I just talked to a woman last night and she's a perfect example. So she was doing a logistics job, a lot of like event logistics. And I looked at her UMAP and I thought, oh my goodness, you're not wired for this. And I said, you know what you're really good at? You're good at turning around programs that are struggling and making them best in class. You're good hmm. at building partnerships and 
fostering a sense of ambassadorship in people to really work collaboratively to bring these programs to life. And I started to tell her about that. And I said, tell me about your ideal day. And she started to say things like, well, so the ideal day exercise, what you do is you go through every job you've ever had and you pick the things you liked about it. Even if you hated the job, you can find one thing. Like I got to meet new people every day. Right. right. There's got to be one, one, one nugget of gold in each job, no matter how much you hated it. I could, I could do this all day long. Right. So when I asked her to share her ideal day, I had never seen her resume. I had no idea what her work experience was before I jumped on the phone with her. And she basically told me snippets of her job that said exactly what I said she was good at. You're almost like a fortune teller, but you have a cheat <laughs> code, right? Like you've got the you've got the inside track on it. No, I, I absolutely love it. This is fantastic. So I want to shift gears and talk about the current situation, the current times and the crisis. And it is mind boggling, right? And I, I don't want to go too deep into you know the current events, but I do want to talk about how it's affecting the job. There's record numbers of unemployed folks, but there are jobs out there. Um, and it's one of those times too, where you may need to, you know, open up your mind to taking on a job that you may not love. You may want to take it. It may not be your ideal job, but I think that there's always silver linings and you might find an opportunity that you never know you liked. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, this pivot turned out to be exactly what I was looking for. Um, how are you, how are you coaching during the pandemic? Let's, let's break down into your, you know, philosophy, how you've kind of morphed it for these specific times. And let's talk about some individual tactics that you're helping to apply. So I actually don't coach people one-on-one. -on -one. I make exceptions here and there. <laughs> so I don't actually coach anymore. I usually refer people to the UMAP coaches. Mm -hmm. But if somebody really, really wants to work with me, I might consider or even, it. Or even like, a, even like a close friend that comes to you for advice. Exactly. So, but I mean, the, this, the advice I, I, I give would not change a lot, except for you have to be a lot, a lot more proactive than you ever were. So the first thing that I say to people is you've got to be able to succinctly articulate what you're looking for. This whole, well, I'll take anything is not going to cut it when eventually 30% of the country is looking for work along with you. You got to stand out. You have to stand out. So some ways to stand out are, can you tell your strength story? What are the three compliments that you get all the time that you just do so well? What do you hear over and over and over in your performance review? And then you can articulate to people, I have 20 years of experience of building really strong strategic partnerships to do this and this and this, and here's the value I bring. So you need to explain what you do well. I, for networking conversations, I really recommend a three-part strategy. What are you looking for? What experiences and strengths do you bring to the table? And what's the value that they can expect to receive? So I've been a project manager for 10 years, but I'm transitioning into a Six Sigma role doing process improvement because I recently obtained my Six Sigma green belt and was able to save my department $100,000 a year in process improvement. The action, the results, I mean, that's absolutely critical to, to and, the story. And that's so natural to just be able to say that. You've got to build that little 60-second elevator pitch so that you can easily communicate because it's a missed opportunity every conversation you have where you can't do that. I absolutely agree. And I'm going to, I'm going to kind of interject with a quick little story here. So um, back in 2011, 12, I was at American Express, a, a job that I thought I was going to love. And I quickly realized a couple of weeks in that it wasn't for me, but I stuck it out about a year and a half, a uh, year and a half in uh, new leadership came on board and they basically did a reorg where 300 people had to either 
take a severance package, which is very generous, or re-interview for their current jobs. And I said, screw this, I'm out of here. And I took mm-hmm. a fantastic six month um, package, health insurance, and I got to spend time with my wife and my daughter was born. One of those incredible opportunities. Anyway, during that time, they offered folks who were leaving an opportunity to work with a career coach. And I said, you know what, I'm sitting here anyway, I might as well take advantage of this time. And the career coach name is Flo, and I'm gonna tag her on this podcast afterwards. And I work with Flo on my elevator pitch. And it started out long form. We literally wrote it out where it was almost three pages and practice and practice. And we brought it down and we got it down to a point after two weeks where it was about four paragraphs and I could do it under 90 seconds. And that exercise has stuck with me to this day where I fine tune that story and I can literally do my elevator pitch. I do it on podcasts. I do it with candidates. And that is such a critical skill. So I urge anybody, key piece of advice here, if you have some time, if you're currently working or you're out of work, Work on that elevator pitch. And the best way to do that, and tell me if you agree, is to put the writing down on paper mm-hmm. and read it to people. Absolutely. You have to say it out loud because it's going to come across really wooden and rehearsed if you write it out and then just try to memorize that and say it to people. So writing contractions. You're going to say, I am a project manager <laughs> when you talk to people. Yeah. And at the end of it, it's a, it's a call to action. What, what should the end of the elevator pitch convey? What's that call to action? So I like to recommend people do a couple of things. Do you know anyone? You should know your target companies too. Don't chase roles. What, are the, what is the industry you're looking to join? What, what are the companies that you admire in those industries? And so do you, these are the target companies that I have. Here are the locations I'm willing to work. Do you know anyone that I could have an, an informational conversation with about their experience working there? Is there anyone in your network uh, that you can share my, you should have like a networking sheet or something like that. No, totally. um, not, not your resume to start unless your resume is already really targeted towards what you're looking for. Uh, just a networking sheet that summarizes here are the types of roles I'm looking for. Here are the strengths and skills I have. Here are the accomplishments that relate to that. Here are my target companies. And is there someone you can share this with? Do you know anyone at these target companies? And would you be willing to share my networking sheet with a couple of people so that you can keep having leads? Who should I talk to next? Who should I talk to next to keep your leads Perfect. moving? Yeah, this is this is fantastic advice. And do you give do you give um, you know part of the UMAP? Is there tactical advice on outreach? Yes, in the UMAP book. So we do have um, a your guide to show the world job search jumpstart. That's a lot of words <laughs> that comes. I'm sure there's with- an acronym for that somewhere. <laughs> I need one. Um, so the the coaches are given tools to create the ideal day exercise, to create the deal makers and the deal breakers, to teach them how to network using LinkedIn, to create an elevator pitch. That's kind of an above and beyond because I had a mentor tell me that you have to give people a dollar twenty worth of value when they spend a dollar for them to feel like they got their money's worth. So we add this extra here are some next steps you can take after getting to know really what your different differentiators are. You know, that, that's fantastic. So let's shift gears a little bit. And I want to talk about your, your children's book and you're writing a four-part e-series uh, on the UMAP framework. What's the goal there, right? Like, you know, what's the goal when talking to children? What is that skill that we kind of want to seed them with at this early age? And, and, and quickly before that, what age group is this targeted towards? So it's really K to three kindergarten mm-hmm. to third grade. I'm so glad you asked that question. As I worked with adults and helped them uncover their strengths, the number one thing that would happen is people's confidence would go up. And they would say things like, I thought these were weaknesses. My mother always told me that I was 
too bossy. My mother, my grandmother would tell me I was really nosy or I was mischievous and they had this curiosity strength. I heard so many adults that had baggage and hangups mm. being told that their strengths were bad that I thought I have to intervene with children so that they can start to recognize their talents. So it's essentially the four pillars without any of the UMAP language. You've got gifts is about strengths. You've got values is exactly that. Lila Smith is my co-author of that book. You've got skills, helps them realize how they like to spend their time. And you've got personality, helps them understand how they're uniquely wired from their, their preferences and their needs, because that's what our personality gives us. And I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help these kids see that these things are actually gifts and not yeah, bad yeah. things. Because people, you know, some, some gifts in children are exasperating for adults, kids that talk too much. Like, not to keep making this the Lila show, but Lila will tell you that with communication as a talent, she talked a lot as a child. And you right. get in trouble. I can only it. imagine. I can only imagine the damage she's done to her parents' ears. Absolutely. <laughs> but but kids are told things like, You're so self-centered because all you do is talk. And I don't think anybody would call Lila self-centered. She care, no. cares so much about other people. But we have these damaging messages that we carry through our life from the people in our life who are looking at the shadow side of our talents. I love it. And I told Lila this too. I'm more than happy to beta test that with my second grader. Um, I think it's something she would love and I could give you real feedback on that. So you're, you're a mom, right? I think what you have, you have four, four kids. I do have four kids. And how have you seen your, your own children's strengths manifest during this current situation? I think, I think there's such an incredible teachable moment here every single day. Um, but what have you seen? Which strengths have you seen really come to light? Well, I have, um, you mapped my oldest. They're they're 22 and 19 and I've you mapped them. So I already know like what their values and what their strengths are. And what I have seen is their adaptability and their resilience to be able to handle these circumstances. My son, yeah, my son is 19 and he's looking uh, for a job and he's been using the elements for his from his UMAP to look for things that he can do without really much work experience. And he has an interview tomorrow at Target. So send him some good wishes. <laughs> yeah, fingers fingers crossed there. I mean, there's so many teachable moments for every age group too. And also, this is a tough one. How are you managing their mindset around disappointments? I mean, you have two older kids um, that are obviously incredibly social, I assume, and they have activities that are canceled. They have life events that are being canceled. They can't connect with their friends. How do you manage their mindset right now? Well, I think it's been really important for me to just check in with them and talk to them and how are you doing and what kind of support system are you getting? I, I contacted my oldest son and I, and I invited him to start attending church online to my church because you got to be around people, not just sit by yourself all day. And there's an online chat community there because his church is canceled and he, they don't have an online version. So I, I've been just trying to encourage them and check on them. But they have, they have a good head on their shoulder, both of them. And I, That's it's critical. interesting because when my kids were young, I decided to put them in hobbies that they could do independently so they could always entertain themselves. And so I put them in music lessons so they, they can play multiple instruments. What, what instruments did you start with? Because you have to be mindful with that, right? Like some parents give their kids the most annoying instruments ever, like the, well, the big yeah. dying tubas my or son the is clarinet. <laughs> Well, there you go. I mean, maybe you have a soundproof uh, garage, but you got to be mindful of what yeah, instrument but you give But he does play uh, the piano, and we do have a digital keyboard with headset, and he plays the bass guitar as Love well. It. Bass is cool. Bass is a cool mm -hmm. instrument. He no, would agree I, with you. <laughs> <laughs> 
And, and, you know, how do you, you know, it's so interesting too. I mean, I, I, I see with my daughter self-awareness and, and, and I see with other kids too, some kids have it that don't, but um, you know, what are some, some of those early signs and indicators and teachable moments around self-awareness for kids in this age group? And we're I, talking about what the book is targeting. We're talking about like K through three. No, absolutely. I really recommend parents pay attention to the things that their kids do and give them feedback and praise. So I'm always telling my daughter, things like, oh, I love that you made your own peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You're very independent. You value being independent, don't you? And she'd say, yes, I do. And so I always try to look for opportunities to help her see her gifting and her behavior. She is really independent. So I praise her for her creativity, for her hard work, when she's kind. And one day I had told her, so Wendy Gilhua is the author of the Pika Bunny series. And she has this little app you can download called the Pika Bunny, the Pika app. It's a kindness tracker. And my daughter and I have been tracking her. Somebody else sent that to me. Somebody else sent me that. Like, I got to check it out. So she wrote a whole list of all the things that she had done that day that were kind so she could log them in her tracker. It's really important. We get so caught up in our lives and doing the dishes and laundry and working with our clients that we can just sort of sweep past our kids. We have to look for teachable moments to mirror back their talents. My daughter wrote a song for Easter. Uh, She wants to sing it to us on Easter Sunday. And I said to her, I said, you know why you did that? You're a creator. And do you know how important it is to be a creator? Because all the people in the world, we need creations to add beauty to our lives. And she just smiled. Yeah. Especially especially right now. And it's Mm -hmm. tough too, because we have to manage our own stress. I mean, you know, I consider myself extremely lucky. Our family, we're in a very good, secure spot physically, emotionally. Everyone's good now, but we all have our moments. And I can only imagine all the people out there that don't have the, you know, the physical space and a lot of the creature comforts that that we have here. So um, just being really mindful. What have your kids taught you during this time over the last, you know, six weeks? I don't think that we need to bubble wrap our kids. I think we can tell them the truth and I think we can lead by example. My daughter last night was praying over supper. She's three for people who have coronavirus and, and that they would get well and healthy. And I think we try to shelter our kids because we don't want them to be hurt or feel sad. And it helps them to learn to express, manage, and deal with emotions at a young age. And it's not something that they, you know, Brene Brown says, uh, when people say, I don't want to open that Pandora's box, she'll say, do you really think that you're not inside the box? Right, exactly. (laughs) I mean, this is real. Yeah. So I think a lot of us stuff and stuff and stuff our emotions and we protect our kids from things that we think will hurt them. We don't want them to go to funerals because death is upsetting. But I think that, yeah, I think our kids can handle a lot more than we give them credit for. I think sometimes they can handle things better than we can. That, that's awesome. I completely agree. Uh, quick pause here. I know we're typically I don't do the show live, but I, I want to acknowledge some folks that are tuning in. Obviously, Lila Smith, Gabriel, Ron Craig, my man out there. I saw Andy Foote chiming in a whole bunch of other folks. I love all these names. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And and, I, and it's all about community. So thank you for supporting uh, Kristen and I in, in both of our journeys and being fans here. Um, so let's bring it home here, Kristen. And on my show, I like to ask every guest the same final questions, because for me, the podcast, the podcast is a teachable moment for me. I get to learn so much from amazing folks like yourself. Kristen, what does the word authentic mean to you? 
I think authenticity starts with not lying to yourself. We talk a lot about what you project out there, but I think it starts inside. Really being truthful to yourself on who you are and what's important to you and then going from there. No, I, I love it. Um, what's the greatest piece of advice that you've ever received that you take action on every single day? Be kind to everyone you meet. You never know the burdens they carry. Yeah, that's that's a good one. And I learned early on too, you know, when 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 you're starting in a new job to treat everybody exactly the same. Along those lines, it absolutely follows this one. Um, and what would you say to date is your greatest professional accomplishment? My greatest professional accomplishment to date? Oh my goodness. That's really hard. I would have to say it's UMAP because I receive messages from South Africa to India to Belgium of people writing me saying, I just want you to know that I was depressed and feeling hopeless. And I went through your book, UMAP, and I feel hope for the first time in months. And I don't think that, you know, I could say all of the stages I've been on or the awards I've won, but none of that holds a candle to a, a changed life. Right. And it's so true. I mean, some people think it's corny when you when people say, you know, if I could just affect one person, if I could just change one person in a positive way, then my job is done. Um, but until you actually feel that and you see that, then you finally understand um, what that means. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the next question is kind of fun because I always ask people, you know, what's your superpower? And I'm not asking, you know, if you could fly anywhere or be invisible or anything. But what do you do better than almost anybody on this planet that makes you who you are? I think what I do better is I see possibilities where there aren't any and I create them. That's, that's, that's fantastic. And I love to end the show on a, on a positive note. So if you wouldn't mind giving me one personal silver lining during this crisis and one professional silver lining. One personal silver lining is the slowing down of spending so much time with my husband and my children instead of just rushing around from meeting to meeting. And professionally, <laughs> I am going to have five books written during this quarantine, the four children's books and Maximize 365. That's I do want to give away a free copy, a signed copy of UMAP. So anyone listening, if you go on my profile and you tell us in the comments the release date of one of my You've Got series of the four children's books, put those dates in there. We'll enter you into a draw to win a signed copy of UMAP. That's awesome. And we'll, we'll link everybody to that. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that someone's going to get such incredible value from that as well. And last but not least. There are dark times. There's times like this. There's been low points, to, I assume, in your life and your career, and you've had to pull yourself up, and you've really had to dig down deep and harness that inner tenacity to pull you forward. And on the flip side of that, you know, when you want to show extreme gratitude, when you're just grateful for everything in your life, you need to look up in both ways. You know, Kristen Sherry, what is your North Star? Uh, my North Star is Jesus Christ. I'm not going to deny that. I... I have an anchor to hold and I am able to navigate dark times because of that. And, and faith and fate. I mean, that's what we need right now. Faith. And, and, and that's what really pulls us up. Kristen Sherry, I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. So much value. Um, I'm really happy that you and I connected and we'll certainly continue this relationship. Where could folks find you? Where could they connect with you? Yeah, they should connect with me on LinkedIn or they can contact me through my website, myumap.com. That's fantastic. And we'll link everybody to that. And everyone who is listening at home, whether it be on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, thank you for joining me on my first ever live full podcast. 
Thank you again for joining us. Please follow us on all the social media channels. You know where to find us. Remember, take your online offline. Take care, everybody, and wash your hands and be good. Kristen, thank you so much. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode, jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com. <laughs>